0: Hello and welcome to this vidcast, which will reveal a very specific hybrid financing realized for the benefit of Nordex, a company which produces wind turbines in a renewable energy industry. A few weeks ago, about months ago, April the 5th, 2023, the company is announcing the successful placement of a convertible bond, a bond which is convertible into shares. The company will collect 333 million euros cash. But the company also announced the waiver of preemptive subscription rights. What does it mean, PSR? Imagine you are the shareholder of a company and you hold about 10% of the shares. If there is a rights issue... If there is a shares issue, you must be proposed 10% of the new shares so that if you exercise your subscription right, you will still have 10% of the voting rights after the issue. If you ask the existing shareholders to abandon their preemptive subscription right, it has to be accepted by a majority of two-thirds of the voting right in an extraordinary shareholder meeting. But then you are going to say to the shareholders, you are going to be diluted. In addition to that, this convertible bond is sold through a private placement. No prospectus is going to be published, and we have some limited information about what is inside. What about the industry Nordex is operating in? It wind turbines. Winterbinds equipment manufacturers. This is the industry of the company. What are the main actors? The number one is a Danish company whose name is Vestas. The revenues generated by the company in 2022 were about 15 billion euros. Following number two, three, etc., etc., Siemens Gamesa. Gamesa is Spanish, Siemens is German, and Gamesa is controlled by Siemens. They are merging. Then, Goldwyn in China. Goldwyn is not only an equipment manufacturer, it's also an operator. This is why the balance sheet is a bit bigger and the company has experienced some capital intensity in its development. It's a Chinese company and is progressively becoming the number one. General Electric in the United States is also a very strong historical player. General Electric Electricity is in the name of the company. Nordex in Germany is number eight in this situation. Though reasonably big, but not very big. Now, times are quite difficult for these companies because there is some inflation and because there is a war in Ukraine. The war has contributed also to inflation, by the way, and there is a strong correlation between these two. Then companies are experiencing in their costs, but costs on the production on existing contract. You can pass your cost to your customers, but it will be maybe the case with the new contracts, not with the existing contracts. In addition to that, there are some difficulties, as everybody knows, in supply chain. Then you are going to deliver your turbines with a delay. You are going to pay late penalties. So the P&L is negatively impacted, not only because there is an increase in the cost, but because you also have to pay the penalties. Revenues are down because of late delivery. Results, profits are close to zero because of costs and penalties. And when you make no profit and you still have to invest in industrial investment and build up your inventories, debt is up. So you understand that these three KPIs are not in the right direction. Now, a financial analyst of HSBC, cited by the Financial Times recently, said... The situation is clearly difficult, but it is also, in my opinion, clearly temporary. There will be an improvement which is going to be expected in 2024 when the new contracts, including the new situations in terms of cost and supply chain, are going to be realized by the company. It's going to be 2024, maybe 2025, but The sun will shine again. In the meantime, you have to survive and you have to cope with this very difficult situation. What about Nordex in 2022? Revenues are 5.4 billion euros. So it's one third of their largest manufacturer Vestas. The profit is definitely a loss. The cash operating profit EBITDA, well-known EBITDA, is negative by 244 million EBITDA is cash operating loss in this case. So you consume cash. Net earnings are EBITDA minus depreciation and amortization, minus interest expense, which is not big, which uh, is a result of a very conservative financial strategy, and you don't pay much tax. This is why the net earnings are negative by 500 million, and the free cash flow is also negative by 500 million. So you understand that 2022 was a difficult year. And you consume a lot of cash. In addition to that, the company had, beginning of February 2023, to repair high yield bond which had been issued five years before for 275 million. What about 2023? The company announced that the EBITDA should be between minus 2% and plus 3% of revenues. Though so EBITDA will be at break even. If you make no cash with the EBITDA and you still have to consume capital expenditures and you have to repay the high yield debt of $275 you understand that? You are today in a net cash positive situation because of the conservative financial strategy. But it's down and you will have a liquidity problem in 2023. You will need cash. When you need cash, you need a financing strategy. You remember what a balance sheet looks like. You have two layers of financial resources, shareholders and financial creditors. So you can issue bonds or straight debt, or you can issue shares, or you can issue something which is in between. This is why it's named sometimes mezzanine financing. It's named hybrid securities and the bonds convertible into shares. It's a perfect example of that. As their name is suggesting, these are straight bonds, but with the option to convert the bonds into shares at maturity. There's an extensive academic literature on how to evaluate convertible bonds, because it's about actuarial calculation to evaluate the bond, and it's about option valuation to evaluate the right to convert. But there is a very interesting contribution from two gentlemen, Mr. Myers and Mr. Milof, which is named the Pecking Order, The picking order describes how the company is going to select, one after the other, the financial resources it has to mobilise in order to finance its growth or its losses. Myers, if you remember, is a gentleman who produced an absolutely outstanding article in 1977 whose name was Determinants of Corporate Borrowings. And Myers was nicely demonstrating that if a company is under leverage, then the company has the opportunity to mobilize its financial flexibility to make value-creating investments when these investments are quite risky for the company. This is simply the invention of real options. Mr. Myers is an outstanding professor. Together with Mylof, what do they conclude? They say the first financial resource you are going to mobilize is cash. Cash at bank, cash which is available in the company. It's quite simple to mobilize cash. Once you don't have cash anymore, you visit a banker and you are going to issue straight debt. It's going to be bank debt if it stays in the balance sheet of the bank. It's going to be a bond if it is sold to investors, pension funds and the like. Basically, what is at stake when you issue straight debt? The probability of default. If you're an investor and if you buy a bond, if you're a banker and if you lend money to a company, what is at stake? The probability that the company cannot pay the coupon, cannot pay the interest, cannot repay the loan. So in order to convince the bankers and the bondholders to provide funds, you just have to tell them that the probability of default is extremely negligible. This is not very hard stuff for a company, generally speaking. Let's directly jump to step four. You can issue shares, but if you issue shares, there's a threat. That the shareholders are diluted, except if they exercise their preemptive right. But when they abandon the preemptive right, forced by a vote, uh, they are going to be diluted. That's one point. The second point is what is at stake for the investor? Is the stock price going to increase a lot or not? It's not just simply demonstrating that the probability of default is negligible. It's about the business plan. It's about the business model of the company. Do you have the right strategy and quality of execution? So it's much more difficult to convince the shareholders rather than the bankers. This is what is at stake with the pecking order theory. Now, there's something in between. Between two and four, you have three. And level three is about hybrid securities. So a convertible bond is a little bit level two, a debt, a little bit level four. You have the right to convert and transform your bonds into shares. Let me briefly go through the characteristics of a convertible bond. Let's imagine that the company's stock price is currently 80 euros. You're going to issue, say, bonds at a nominal value, which is 100. Necessarily more than 80 euros. I will tell you why in a minute. Imagine that you want to raise 21 million euros. Then if you issue at 100 per bond, you have to issue 210,000 bonds, which multiplied by 100 gives you the 21 million euros you were expecting. Now, attached to the bond, there is a conversion rate. You have the right to convert one bond into one share. You have the right, but you don't have the obligation. When you have the right and not the obligation to do something, buy or sell an asset, it's named an option. It's a call or a put option. The duration, the maturity of the bond is going to be 10 years. And the coupon is going to be lower than the coupon which you would get, uh, be the bond be a straight bond. It would be 5%, for example, if it was a straight bond. Now you pay only 4% to the bondholder because they have to pay for the conversion right. Now you understand why the nominal should be greater than the stock price. Imagine that the bond had been issued at a nominal of 70 euros when the stock price is 80. You are a rational investor, what are you going to do? You buy the convertible bond for 70, you convert into two shares, and then you sell the share for 80, and you make a free lunch of 10 euros. Definitely the nominal should be significantly greater than the stock price. There are plenty of benefits for the issuer on the one hand, the investor on the other hand. First, let's start with the issuer. You need 21 million euros. Imagine that you issue shares. Today, the stock price is 80. The day you want to issue shares, you have to offer a kind of discount to attract the investors. Maybe you are going to issue your shares at 70 euros. Now, if you need 21 million euros, you need to create... 21 million euros divided by 70 euros per share, which is 300,000 shares. As a conclusion, if you create shares, you create immediately 300,000 shares. So immediately 300,000 voting rights. If you decide to issue convertible bonds... The convertible bonds are not going to be converted immediately. And you issue only 210,000 bonds, which are going to be transformed, if everything goes right, into 210,000 shares and voting rights later on, in 10 years. Then the question is, why in 10 years? The answer is first, in some years' time. Because today, the rationality is not to convert if the stock price is lower than 100 euros. It would be absolutely stupid decision. But currently, the stock price is 80 euros. So it's going to take some time before it goes up from 80 euros to significantly more than 100. That's one point. The second point is even stronger. A convertible bond is a combination of a bond and an option. Do you exercise a call option before maturity? The answer is no, because when you exercise an option, you cash in the intrinsic value of the option, but you destroy the time value of the option. So the day you consider that it's a right moment to take the money out of your investment, you don't exercise the convertible bond to transform it into shares. You sell the convertible bond, and then you cash in not only the intrinsic value, but you also cash in the time value. So as long as there is any time value, so very close to 10 years time, what do you do? You sell the bond, but you don't convert it. So you understand that the dilution is significantly reduced, 210,000 as opposed to 300,000, and it's very much delayed, which is quite good for the issuer. Last but not least, as the investors, they have to pay for the call option, they have to pay a premium, they are going to accept a lower interest rate. As they accept a lower rate, you're going to lower your financial cost. So this is absolutely great for the issuer. As far as the investor is concerned, this is also a very relevant instrument because if the investor is speculating on the upside, it's a perfect instrument. Now you anticipate that the share price will significantly exceed 100 euros in the future, so that it pays not only the nominal of the convertible boat, but also the difference in the interest rate. You remember the 5% as opposed to the 4% in the future. So you're speculating on the upside, but the speculation is based on forecasts and convictions. Maybe you are going to be wrong. And then if it goes down, you have a kind of parachute which you can open just in case the stock price is down. And then if the stock price does not reach 100 at maturity, what do you do? You don't convert. You ask for the repayment of the nominal. And this is the minimum you are going to get. Sometimes there is a hold in parachute. Take care. But let's move on with the convertible bond clauses. Sometimes you're reading convertible bonds a clause, which is named the Early Redemption Clause. And very often it says, it's the case for Nordex, by the way, that if the stock price during a significant period of time, at least one month, exceeds 130% of the nominal, then the issuer, the company, Nordex, has the right to exercise an early redemption. So the company tells you, You know what, guys, you have two months to decide if you get your money back or if you convert. Obviously, if the stock price is, for example, 150, you are going to say, I prefer 150 rather than receiving 100. And what do you do? You convert. This is why the early redemption clause is also very often named by academics and practitioners, the forced conversion clause. So you understand that in such a case, you limit the return for the investors. I told you that you don't exercise an option before maturity, but then you force people to exercise. So you destroy the time value of the option. Of course, you can say that if the stock price is very significantly beyond the nominal, then the probability of non-conversion is low, and the probability of conversion or non-conversion is reflected in the time value of the option. So the time value of the option is going to be very limited. But still, you limit the return for the investors. Another point is, what happens if the company is not doing well? Of course, you don't convert. But I told you that there is a hole in the parachute. Because if the company's top price is not 100, it's maybe 80, or it's maybe very much down, 20 for example. What does it mean? It means that the company is in an extremely difficult situation. And then maybe it cannot repay the 100 euros of nominal. This is why quite often there is also a clause in the convertible bond issues, which is the issuer, the company, Nordex, has the right to repay if the conversion is not exercised, in cash or in securities, which basically means that it is the decision of the issuer to give you 100 euros back, or if the stock price is 25 stocks against the 100 euro cash, which is not fully appreciated by the investors, as you can imagine. Now let's apply all these concepts to the convertible bond issued by Nordex a few weeks ago. When the issue is closed, on the 5th of April, the stock price is 12.10 euros per share. Now, the company has a possibility to issue convertible bonds at more than 12, 14, 15, 16, 17. No, the nominal is going to be 100,000 euros. So you understand that it's not for the traditional and small shareholder. They calculate a reference stock price, which is 15.73 euros, and they say, it is exactly 130% of the stock price that as the issue is closed. So 130% of 12.10 is 15.73. This reference point is going to be very useful to calculate the conversion rate. The company issues bonds at a nominal of 100,000 euros. Now, what about the conversion rate? It's going to be a rate which justifies conversion if the stock price goes beyond 15.73 euros. So basically, you divide 100,000 by 15.73 euros per share, and you get 6,357 shares. So you have the right to convert your bond. Of course, you are going to exercise the right of converting your bonds into shares. If the stock price goes beyond 15.73 euros per share, which is exactly 30% more than the current stock price. This is the mechanics of it. Duration, quite short, five years. You remember what I said, seven, 10 years very often because it's our long term debt. Now, what about the coupon? The coupon is going to be 4.25%. It should be compared with a straight bond coupon the company would offer and Unfortunately, we don't have the value, so it's a bit difficult to assess the premium of the option. So these are the characteristics of this convertible bond. You are an investor. You speculate on the upside. In order to convince investors, you have to tell them that you are very optimistic about the future. You look at the past, and you look at the last two years. What happened on the Frankfurt stock market, the DAX. The DAX during the last two years was quite stable during about six months, then went down and then went up. So today it's roughly at the same level as two years ago. What happened to Nordex? When the DAX was stable, Nordex stock price dramatically went down. Then when there was a little bit of recovery on the DAX, the company stock price went up overreacting to what was happening in the stock market, which means that the beta of the company is very high, probably close to 2. Then it went sharply down. It recovered together with the DAX, again overreacting. And then while the DAX was up, Nordex was down. Why? Because the situation is quite difficult for the industry. And then When the DAX was quite stable from two years ago to today, even though there were some fluctuations, in the meantime, Nordex was dividing its stock price by two in two years. So you understand that It's not great to sell to the investors that there is a fantastic upside potential because today it's down, because the market is absolutely convinced that it's going to be a very difficult period. And maybe if the stock price is going to temporarily drop, what's going to happen in the future is a little bit of question mark. By the way, the company is absolutely convinced that it's going to drop and the drop is realized. So, In order to solve this dilemma Nordex has a great idea. There is a majority shareholder at Nordex and the investor is going to lend securities to the investors which are going to invest in the convertible bond. You remember that the stock price is 12.10 on the 5th of April. At the same moment as a convertible bond is issued, the investors they receive shares. They don't buy They borrow shares at 12.10. To do what? Short selling. So you sell the share which you borrowed, hoping that the stock price is going to go down so that you can buy back the shares a little bit later. You make a profit and you give the share back to the previous owner of the share. So it's a speculation downward. You anticipate that the stock price is going to go down. If you are right in your speculation, what's going to happen? The value of the convertible bond is going to be down because the probability that you convert is going to be lower. So you are going to compensate the short-term losses you are going to generate with the convertible bond. With the profit, you are going to make short-selling the shares which you borrowed from the majority shareholder of the company. That's quite strange, but it worked. If you observe the evolution of the stock price the last month, from the 5th of April to today, when I record this podcast, there were real losses. The current stock price is 10.5. And so you understand that there was a loss of 1.6 for the shareholder, but for the short seller, it was a capital gain of 1.6 euros. And you understand that this capital gain is a kind of hedging against the evolution of the value of the convertible bond. That's very clever, but that's a very strange message. You could argue, why not issue a traditional bond if you need money? The high-yield debt, which was repaid at the beginning of February 2023, was issued in 2018. The coupon was 6.5%. Why don't you accept to replace this high yield debt by a traditional straight bond? Why don't you wait? If you can't wait, it might be interpreted at the fact that there is a kind of emergency. There is urgency, so it's an emergency measure to make this issue. But if it's a kind of emergency, it means that uh, maybe there is a liquidity risk. Maybe you're afraid of not being able to attract investors in the near future. Maybe you're afraid that it might be a downgrading of your rating. These are negative messages. So you understand that there is a kind of paradox in this situation. On the one hand, you ask them to speculate on the upside, and you convince them that there is an upside potential. But you say that there is an upside which, in the short run, might be a downside. So, you speculate on the downside to protect the speculation on the upside, which is a little bit confusing in the mind of the market. But the second conclusion of this vidcast is, in my opinion, very much an issue. It was a private placement. No prospectus published, of course a contract, but no communication on what is inside very detailed communication, no preemptive subscription right, and in addition to that, a strongly negative message. The negative message was well understood by the market and the stock price went down at the expense of the minority shareholders. So the minority shareholders, were excluded from the ability to invest in this convertible bond by a decision taken in an extraordinary shareholder meeting. In the meantime, something is happening. They don't receive the full communication of what is happening. And they see that the consequence is the stock price is down. So the minority shareholders are very likely extremely upset by this issue. Thank you very much.